the family is one of the most powerful forces in society. Um, the family, uh, when it is working, I mean, there's just nothing quite like it. And we shouldn't be surprised because God designed it that way from the very beginning. God wired this as a core institution so that when that core institution called the family is working, then the society can work. But if that core institution crumbles, you follow history. When that core institution crumbles, so crumbles that society. I tell you the truth. But you probably know this and have for some time, at least in America, the family is under attack. The family is under attack, and, um, and, and, and some are saying that the battle for the family in America has already been fought, and it has already been declared lost. Listen to this from the Institute for American Values and the extensive research that they have done. Marriage is fracturing in America. While the nation's attention is riveted by the debate about whether a small proportion of our fellow citizens should be allowed to marry, marriage is rapidly dividing along class lines, splitting the country that it used to unite. While marriage is stable or strengthening among our college-educated elites, much larger groups of Americans, particularly in middle and working-class Americans, are abandoning the institution entirely with harmful social and personal consequences. In the past, we have looked at the breakdown of marriage and the family as a welfare topic amongst the poor or amongst the lower income people. And in some ways, that has been true. But now we have seen for a number of years now, it has seeped into the middle class, which is the largest portion of people on our planet. And some are saying that the inertia moving to destroy the family is just too great and that we've hit a tipping point and that it is over. And now today, in addition to our families cratering, we have literal, no kidding, groups of people, movements that have as their express reason for existence to tear apart the nuclear family. I mean, they are taking swings at us, and the specialists are saying that the family is down for the count. One, two, three, four. But I have to tell you, it may be true, but I just cannot lie down as they count to 10 and declare that the family is a thing of the past. I just want to do something about it. Maybe we're too late. What about you? Israel faced a very similar challenge in the Old Testament under the leadership of Joshua. I mean, they had experienced under Joshua's leadership uh, the greatest uh, run of prosperity and success in, 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 uh, in any other era in Israel's history. But there, he's now coming to end of his life, and he knows that the Israelite families are, um, they are uh, hedging on whether or not they are going to continue to follow God's design for their life and for their family and their community. And Joshua sensed that, and he knew that he wasn't going to be around to hold their hands and to challenge them. So in Joshua chapter 24, he gathers all of Israel together, and he gives them this speech. 
He begins in verse 2 by rehearsing how over a period of 700 years, God had been faithful to them, that he provided for them, that he got them through difficult circumstances, and that he was personally involved in their life to catalyze them to new levels of success uh, in their families and in their lives. At the end of the speech, he basically is saying, over a period of 700 years, God has proven himself to be strong. God has proven himself to be faithful. He's proven himself to be trustworthy. And you know, God has done the same thing for America. He really has. I mean, you, you would be a fool not to see the hand of God in the success of this nation over 200 plus years. And we have to be careful to take that for granted, to basically you know, tip our nose up to God and not recognize that he has chosen to bless this nation in many ways like he has done for Israel. After he finishes this part of his speech, he's going to offer them a stiff challenge. And it, it begins in verse 14. He says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And then he says it. But as for me and my house, well, we're going to serve the Lord. I think we need a rally cry like that again today. People declaring with great conviction, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But we need more than just a rally cry. I mean, we need that, but we need a, we need a game plan. And that's what I want to talk to you about today as we begin this journey called Fit to Fight. Uh, Pastor John Brooks of Macedonia Baptist Church, of, uh, probably in my estimation the most influential African-American church in our city. We have been friends for over three years now and we've been talking and we've been partnering and we've come to the conclusion on a couple of things. Uh, number one, we believe that we need a Christ-centered solution to racial tension that a Christ-centered solution to racial tension is going to actually work, and we're committed as two churches to make that happen. That um, we need an alternative to the critical race theory. If you're not familiar with it, it is devastating. It is devastating in its core foundation. But uh, status quo is also not an option. We have a problem in our country, and what we need is Christ-centered solution, and we're committed as a church to not looking at photo ops, but doing something about it tangibly. And I need you to stay with me on this because this is something that brings pleasure to Jesus. It's not a political thing. We're not going to move in the wrong direction. We're going to stay with the, the cry of Jesus for us to be one. Amen? Amen. Okay. We've also agreed, John and I, our two churches, we've also agreed that we share a common problem, and that is the breakdown of our families. We both do. It's not a black or a white issue. And that the, the challenge with the broken family almost always comes to a challenge with broken marriages. And the problem with broken marriages is we've got broken people. 
And we've got to hit that at the core. But if you want to get to the very core solution that will change all of that, including the revitalization of our society, we fundamentally believe without hesitation that faith in God at the very root changes people one at a time. It builds strong marriages, which builds family. And you mark my word over generations, you've got something that is vibrant, something that is vibrant. So. We want, both of our congregations are starting this today, we want to challenge all of us, are you ready for it? We want to challenge us to get fit to fight. We are in a battle and I'm coming out swinging. We are in a battle and I'm coming out swinging. It's like Rocky Balboa, he cannot enter into the ring with Apollo Creed without some training. He's gotta be fit to fight. There is no substitute for equipping. You gotta be able to go in and beat profusely on slabs of cow meat in deep freezers. You gotta be faithful to drink raw eggs in the morning. You gotta do one-handed push-ups until you can't do them anymore. You've gotta ultimately be able to climb, run the 72 steps leading up to the Philadelphia Museum of Art. You gotta get fit to fight. So there are two critical action steps that we're going to invite you into. Yeah, we're going to chant. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. But we've got to have an action plan. So we've got two that we want to present to you today and invite you to join us in it. The first one is you need to get fit by fight to fight by knowing and committing to God's plan. Knowing and committing to God's plan. I believe that one of the reasons why many... Families are crumbling today and why many of our children are not even opting to engage in the family is because we, and I'm pointing the finger back at me, haven't given them even what God's word has said about it. They're not confident in it and they're not inspired by it. We've got to change all that. You'll notice that Joshua challenged the people up front that you need to fear God and serve him with all faithfulness. What does that mean? It simply means you need to take God seriously and you need to make a commitment to following his plan for your life, for your marriage, and for your family. You need to know these truths like the back of your hand because they are bedrock. And you'll discover, like many of you have, that when times get tough or confusing for your family, when selfishness seeps in, to one of the members of your family and begins to disintegrate your unity or when tragedy strikes you uh, unbeknownst to you and throws you off, these are the truths that you come back to that will stabilize your family. And you'll discover that when you trust them, they will preserve not only your life, but your legacy. And I'm telling you, you may not be as old as me, but when you get as old as me and older, you care deeply about your legacy. But when you get to this point in your life, there's nothing you can do about it. It's already in motion. So those of you who are younger, I know you care about the legacy of your life. And this, in this season of your life, is when you build it. So over the next nine weeks, I'm going to invite you into biblical boot camp. Biblical boot camp. Over nine weeks, we're going to unpack the nine biggest passages of Scripture uh, that deal with family life. And we're going to get to the basics, basic biblical boot camp, and make sure everybody knows them, is inspired by them, and is given the opportunity to commit their entire lives to them. And my encouragement to you is that you uh, learn these. Now, when did I learn them? 
I uh, grew up in an unchurched home, and at the age of 14, I was invited to church, came to Christ at the age of 14, and uh, I so desperately wanted nothing more than for my mom and dad to take the spiritual lead in our family, come to church, come to Christ. I wanted to be a, a part of a family like that, but I decided that if my parents were never going to come along, that I was going to start with me, and my parents never did come along when I was a kid. So our church which was about 25 minutes away, offered a Sunday night program by Focus on the Family where they had Reel to Reel, where James Dobson taught these basic biblical principles of family life. And I had to pitch a ride. I was only 14 or 15 years old. I had to pitch a ride. And at the end of the nine weeks, I was the only one with perfect attendance even amongst the married couples and the families. 14-year-old kid because I knew that success lay in following the word of God. And we want to offer up the same thing for you on a Sunday morning. Macedonia and Westside are going to be teaching these principles together to inspire you. And I want to encourage you to sit together in a service, whether you're at Speedway, whether you're sitting on a couch online, whether you're here at Lenexa, I want you to sit together because your kids need to learn these principles as well. You need to have conversations about them and, uh, and they need to see you serious about this. That's going to be the number one thing that transfers this to them. So if you go to the Westside app, you will see a little banner called uh, Biblical Boot Camp, and you can click that button, and you will see all nine scriptures and, under their topics, and I'm going to encourage you today to print those out and put them on your refrigerator or in some prominent place in your house as a manifesto, as a declaration that we are going to trust God's plan to lead our family. It's going to begin by knowing them. I would suggest memorizing them and then talking together as a family. As for me and my house, this is how it's going to be done. Now, the second strategy, after you know and commit to God's plan, we want you to get fit to fight by getting a game plan, by getting a game plan. I want to tell you a story. Back when I was in my third year of college, uh, Roseanne and I got married uh, uh, in the winter break. And so we come back for the spring uh, semester of my third year, and we're married. And I noticed in my small school that I went to for theology training that they were hosting a racquetball tournament. And I told Roseanne that I'm going to sign up for the racquetball tournament, even though I'd never played racquetball, <laughs> like ever. And uh, I said to her, but you know, my, my thought is, is that I've got some super duper hand-eye coordination and I played tennis about 10 times. I think overall, <laughs> this, is going to be, uh, this is going to be a piece of cake. And uh, I noticed that there were three uh, divisions. There was the A for the best players, B, and then C. So I said, hey, here's my strategy. I probably for integrity's sake, should sign up for the A division. I said, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to sign up for the C division this year. And uh, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to guarantee a win in the C division. And then I am going to start practicing. So when I come back my senior year, I'm going to whip everybody in the A division and walk out as the school's racquetball champion and never could be challenged because I'm done. See, see young kids, you, the beginning of success is to set goals. So I told Roseanne, she knew this about me, the very first thing to intimidate your opponents is you got to look good. So we went to the sporting goods store and I bought a, listen to this women, I bought a pair of uh, navy blue Spalding uh, racquetball pants that came up to about here. 
and it had a white embroidered, embroidered uh, name Spalding in it. Yeah, I know. You can just see it, right? All right, but I didn't stop there. Then I got a white Spalding shirt with a collar that had in navy blue, see? Spalding across it, right? Oh, I didn't stop there. I got a white headband, two white wristbands. Okay, it's time to get a racket, right? Because I've never played racquetball before. And, uh, and so I decided not to get a navy blue one, but a powder blue one, because I didn't want to get all matchy-matchy, you know? <laughs> I didn't want to get all too matchy-matchy, so I am set. It was time for the Grand Tournament C Division. Uh, I met my first opponent in the bracket, two-game elimination. And I am dressed for success. And my opponent has this torn, holy T-shirt on and sweatpants that were rolled up into shorts, super dirty tennis shoes, right, and a belly. I said this literally word for word before I walked into the court. Roseanne, this isn't going to take long. <laughs> I lost the first game 21-3. <laughs> the second game, I was down 19-3. I'm telling you the absolute truth. I'm down 19-3. Uh, but I keep thinking to myself, this guy's going to wear out. Uh, you know, and I'm in shape, and he's not. He's going to wear out. He's not going to wear out because he stood in the middle of the court and never moved. I'm like, oh. <sighs> lost the second game 21 to 5 and I was eliminated by this guy before the tournament ever got started Roseanne comes down from the observation decks I walk out I hit the wall I slide down hyperventilating and she ministered to me in this moment where I had to face the reality that if you want to win it takes more than just looking good or talking a big talk. It turns out that you need to know how to play the game. <laughs> and Doughboy beat me <laughs> because he knew how to play the game. And what is true of racquetball, what is true of boxing, is true of marriage. You have to be fit to fight. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, what I want to do is get just a little pastoral, which when I say that means I'm, I'm going to get up in your grill just a little bit, okay? And, and, and when I came here three years ago before I accepted the job, I said, you got to give me permission every now and again. Like I'll have nine really positive messages and then one where I kind of get up in your grill. And you agree to it. And some of you are saying, but I wasn't there then. And I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. You should have been. <laughs> so here's the deal. The truth is for pastors and for churches, not just Westside, but all across America, we don't find out about the condition of your marriage until it's too late. We don't. When you come to us, the gangrene has set in to the point where we have not very many 
options left to us. I, had a, 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 I have a doctor, I have, I have one here now, right out of Westside, who is, uh, helps me with my health, uh, but I still have another doctor in San Antonio uh, uh, who leads an organization called Health by Design. And I remember uh, he, uh, when I first started meeting with him, um, he told me his story, and that for years he was a doctor that dealt with kidneys and all kinds of things, and diabetes, and uh, he said to me, Randy, in that position, I got sick and tired of simply ordering limbs being cut off. I got tired of it. I wanted to get on the preventative side of this thing. And so that's why I've been doing what I've been doing. And it's called an executive physical. And I have been doing it for a number of years now. And at the end of the day, when I finish this executive physical, I get a hard bound book on Randy Frazee's health holistically. I mean, top to bottom, pictures that you're not gonna look at. I mean, <laughs> I'm naked sitting on a thing and it's showing me my fat content, you know? And, uh, and all these indicators. And he won't go over this with me, this report, unless Roseanne is present, believing that it's a community, it's accountability that's gonna make me healthy. The same thing that we need for our physical health on the preventative side we need for our marriages for our marriages uh and and we we cannot because you know why because i'm tired of finding about the condition of your marriage when the gangrene has already set in and all i can do is order for limbs to be cut off you know what i am tired i am sick and tired of presiding over marriage funerals. And I need you to get as equally sick and tired of it. And I know some of you are struggling right now. I know you are. But we gotta, we got to dig deep and find something else. I, I remember years ago, I was instructed by uh, some mentors that the, the couples have to be committed to their marriage. You can't be more committed to their marriages than them. And so one day, I'm meeting uh, in, a, in a marriage counseling session, and sure enough, gangrene is set in. They are way down. I didn't even know they were in trouble until the very end. They kept it quiet. And uh, I, so I asked this question, which was my common question. Are you both committed to making this marriage work? And on that day, one said yes. The other said they weren't sure. So I got up and I walked out. And I told my assistant I'm going home and that you need to get him out of my office. They, she waited a little while. She went in. They said, where's Randy? And he said, well, he went home. Well, he said, we haven't even gotten started in the, the counseling session. He said, well, apparently one of you said you weren't committed to the marriage working, and if you're not committed to it, neither is he. So he's gone. And they were as mad as a hornet, you know, <laughs> at me. And at the end of the day, they got a divorce, which is always what happens. And the only difference is I'm not going to put in time to challenge my family because it was in the evening. I'm not going to stay away from my family, get my family into trouble, because you're not as committed to your marriage as I am. you got to be committed. you got to dig deep. And even if you have gangrene that's set in, you got to say, we got to humble ourselves and figure this out. So here is our strategy. Uh, we're going to ask every married couple, every premarital couple, every couple that is currently living together to take an assessment called Better Love. So commit to taking the Better Love assessment. It is an assessment that's really fun, and it's going to give you feedback on a, a number of areas in your life, uh, person, your personality and how it works together, communication, uh, conflict, 
your finances, your adaptability, your, um, your intimacy, uh, your, uh, your time, as well as your overall harmony. It's going to give you a picture of all of that, and it's going to be really fun to see. After you get the assessment, then we're going to invite you to commit to four guided date nights. You'll print out this action plan, and it'll walk you through how to, on four date nights, how to process the information that you have received. And the third thing we're asking you to do is commit to four classes uh, for better love classes, four classes that we're going to hold. Uh, one of the classes will be available uh, uh, here on campus. You can sign up for, or you can do it with your A2 community, or uh, you can do it with an online group. So there's many ways to do it. You take the assessment, you do four guided date nights, okay? And then you attend these four classes that are led by Les and Leslie Parrott, Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott, who are renowned Christian psychologists. They started eHarmony. And uh, they are working with us and partnering with us to help you walk through these, these categories together, okay? Now, all you need to do is go to your Westside app. They're also gonna put it up here. You can take a picture of this and it'll lead you to all of these resources. Now, you need to know that this assessment costs $35, but because of our partnership with the parrots, uh, it's only $24.50, okay? And you'd say, well, I don't have $24.50. Oh, yes, you do. Because I saw you at Q39 last night. And I'm saying the barbecue ain't going to do you as much good as this is going to do you. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, Rick Warren, who is a, a, a really successful pastor, he wrote The Purpose Driven Life. Uh, he said years ago, he said, my wife and I found ourselves in a difficult spot. Yes, even pastors, and not us, but pastors and pastor wife oftentimes find themselves in the spot. And he said, over time, we invested $100,000 in counseling. And it was the best $100,000 we ever spent because it preserved our legacy. And if you can't come up with $24.50, you come to me and I'll pay it from my, well, it's probably overstated, but you know what? You know what I'm getting at, right? I mean, you come up with $24.50, you can, you can do that. And out of it, you will come out with a, a game plan, a working idea that's super positive to take next steps. Now, singles, we are definitely not leaving you out of this because in reality, you are in our crosshairs because follow my logic here. If you want to get back to the root problem of broken families, you start talking to individuals before they get married to make sure they're healthy enough to enter into a marriage. A lot of singles are entering into a marriage and they're not healthy. And so we're going to encourage you to take an assessment called yada. Commit to the yada assessment, which is simply a Hebrew word that means to know, to know about yourself, okay? And then it, we will guide you. It'll give you some guidance on how you can process that. And then Les and Leslie Parrott have filmed a brand new class just for you, uh, for those of you who are taking the yada assessment, and you can sign up for those. There's online class. There'll be classes here at our campuses, or you can do it with a small group like your A2 community. So that is the plan and um, uh, for taking the assessments. Now, um, the cost of that assessment is $17, okay? Same speech. It's worth it. And I also want to tell you that at the end of the experience that uh, we're going to do a celebration for those who complete this, a little something to celebrate to kind of motivate you to do it. And I'm not going to tell you completely yet what it is, but we are partnering with a group called Unite KC that has been founded by Dayton Moore, 
uh, uh, who's the general manager of the royals and a deeply committed follower of Jesus. He actually attends the church that John Huber is going to, and he's partnering with us, and that celebration might just have something to do with a baseball game. And you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna check it out, but you ain't gonna be able to come if you don't do the work. No participation trophies, you gotta finish the work to come. Now, you might have noticed that as the leader of Israel, Joshua was the first to make the commitment. Did you notice that? He started off. I don't know what you guys are gonna do, but I'll start it off. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I want you to know that we've done the same thing. Speed of the leader, speed of the team. Roseanne and I are not going to take the assessment. We have already taken the assessment. We've done four guided date nights, and we have done the class, all of it. And today, I not only have a playbook for my personal health, but I have a playbook for my marriage. You know what? Roseanne and I are 40 years into this, and yet we have done it. And I think Roseanne walked out with a lot of very practical ideas <laughs> on how to finally improve the things that she has been messing up on. I'm just kidding. We had so much fun with it. It was so positive. It was so helpful. That I, and we actually, some things were, you know, got indications as to why we've made it four years. But, but you cannot rest on your laurels with marriage, man. You gotta keep fighting for your marriage. Our plan is that my legacy, when I am buried in the ground, that my wife and my kids are hovering over my graveside and said, he didn't do much in life, but one thing he was, he was faithful to our mother. Yeah. Yeah? And I know some of you, that is not your story, right? But begin today. Begin today to build a new legacy. That's what I want for you. And so um, basically, um, Roseanne and I are stepping out. And we are the first rightfully to declare, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we are saying this at a time when we know that our world is running in a completely opposite direction. We know that our public schools are indoctrinating all of our kids and grandkids in a completely opposite direction. And I likely know that the stances that I'm going to take over the next nine weeks is going to get me into trouble. I am going to be canceled. My voice is going to be muted. And I'm going to ask you to have my back. I'm going to ask you to take the same courageous stand that we're not going we are not going to lay down until the count reaches the 10. If we lose at the end of the day, we're going to lose swinging. And we now have a, an action plan to pull that out. And so I ask you, I've made my declaration. What is yours? Are you in? If you're in, I'm going to invite you to stand and make this declaration with me. But I'm gonna bow my head for just a second because I don't want anybody to inauthentically stand. You can either exit the room while I have my head down or whatever, no judgment here. I just want authentic people who said, we're messed up, but we're in. I want, I'm gonna give you a chance to do that now, okay? So if you're in, stand. 
Online, I can see you as well. Speedway, South Sanctuary. Okay, everybody who wants to exit, has they ex have they exited? Okay. Now say it with me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. One more time. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is our declaration. But you know what's interesting? If you look at Joshua chapter 24, the people of Israel stood and chanted a similar thing. And you know what Joshua said? He said, I don't believe you. I love that. And they said, no, we're serious. He said, well, I don't believe you. No, we're serious. He said, okay, here's the deal. If you are serious, I'm going to write all of this out into a covenant that you're all going to sign. And then he took this rock, this big rock, and he said, um, I'm going to place this rock under this tree in a prominent place in our community. And this rock has heard the words of God that you receive today. This rock has heard it. And it will be a witness against it if you are untrue to the commitment you just made. Whew. I like that kind of commitment. So here's what we're going to do. If you are truly in, then I need you to take a step. Dare you. Uh, we have rocks here in 10 uh, locations here in the North Sanctuary. Uh, we have two uh, stations in the South Sanctuary, two at Speedway. Online, I'm not mailing you a rock, okay? You can go get your own rock, but I would encourage you to do it, okay? Or get a piece of paper, and when you come down, there's markers here, and you write, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if your mate is here with you, come together. If your children are here with you, come together. If you are single, same commitment. As for me and my house... Whatever God has in store for me, we're going to serve the Lord. And you put this in a prominent place. And remember, this rock has heard the words of God spoken to you today. And it will be a witness against you if you are untrue to the commitment you make today. <laughs> Other than that, it's a pretty simple commitment. <laughs> I'm going to invite you as you do. Now, these, they're pens. Uh, you know, you need to leave the pen with you so the next person can write on the rock as well. And so our deacons are here to serve us all over the place. And uh, I'm going to pray for us. And then during this time of worship, I'd encourage you to step out and, uh, and make this commitment. Mm. Father, I raise my hand to these people. And Roseanne and I, and not only Roseanne and I, but our entire staff has led the way by going through this process together. And we are learning. And now I pray for them that they would find healing and they would find help, that they would have a game plan that would enable them to win at life and to protect their legacy under the authority of your son, Jesus Christ. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.